Wallabies are fired up. The British and Irish Lions are ready. It's now time to form the Ruck. The special British and Irish Lions Tour Edition. The Ruck. Hello, good morning. Yes, indeed. The circus rolled into Sydney with the Lions taking on the Waratahs last night. Uh, big win, 47-17. to 17. But more importantly, rolling into this studio this morning, Tim Horan, away from his usual Gold Coast or Brisbane hideaway. <laughs> he's here with us. Welcome, he, fella. He's made it easy for us today. Oh, hasn't he? I put a jumper on, though. It's the first time I've ever wore a jumper on a Sunday morning. <laughs> How cold is it down oh, it's here? so chilly. No Very... wonder so many people live in Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> Good start. Yeah. You, were, you might have visited Queensland, didn't I did, you? I did indeed. Uh, I had a, a hectic Friday where mm. I was at a lunch here in Sydney and I had to fly to Toowoomba, of all places, which uh, is Timmy Horton country. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So I had to uh, MC a, um, a little number up there and, and I started out by saying, you yeah, know, this is Timmy country. I've, I know so much about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then recalled the... Timmy Horan, Mikhail Gorbachev story, where he didn't know actually who it was oh, yeah, right. on the screen. I had to re- had to you know, refer to him to say, you know, he's the former leader of USSR. Mm-hmm. He yeah. said, right. He said, what's that on his head there? He said, a birthmark. And Timmy said, how long is that? Uh, how long has he had that for? So. <laughs> <laughs> Toowoomba? Does it go out to Toowoomba? I think it does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, Toowoomba, yeah, probably. They'll, they'll probably get that next week. <laughs> yes, and they'll get the joke three years later. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful Darling Downs, Toowoomba, obviously, lovely place. Uh, how is it? You were at the footy, I, I take it, last night? Yeah, commentated on the game last mm. night, which was a good performance by the Waratahs, I thought. They threw a mm. lot at the British and Irish Lions, but Warren Gatlin will be pretty happy, I think, with the, their performance. It was like, I think they, they took it up another couple of notches uh, last night. Tony and, and Berkey, you'd agree, it's getting close to, obviously, Test Week coming in now. They still have to go away on Tuesday night and play the Brumbies in Canberra, but mm. um, they're pretty much, I reckon, the run-on side, 15 players, I reckon they've picked 13 already for that test team. It was pretty sharp last night, wasn't it? And uh, I think at the back end of that, like what Queensland did the week before, the Waratahs had to just up the ante and play fast and hard, and it was great. It was a great game to watch. Yeah. You knew it was going to go that way in the end, but I thought it was a uh, you know, full house of 40,000. What about yep. Will Skelton? Oh, he, oh, he's, he's massive, isn't he? He's enormous. Huge yeah. human being. He nearly being. got the try. And yeah. some skills, too. Yeah, some ball in you know, movement. He can handle the ball, throw a little, bit, a little long pass last night. He'll be a star of the future. So mm. was Bernard Foley. I thought he played really good. well. Yeah, we'll talk uh, in more detail about that game very shortly. One interesting thing about that, and we'll obviously preview in this two-hour special edition, the test match will come up next week, is that while the lines, as you say, are getting sharper and sharper, uh, there we see some Wallabies just sitting on the bench. Uh, you know, they're obviously doing the camp. They're getting yep. as ready as they can. Undercooked? Can they be undercooked by the time it starts next week? Uh, I, know, I saw Robbie Deans before the game. He was down watching the game, and I saw Israel Folau on the on the bench as mm. well. Um, but no, they had a full contact session against the Sunshine Coast team the other day um, at Caloundra. Really? I'm not sure what the score was, but we I... had uh, vision of it uh, on uh, Fox Sports the other night, and there were some pretty big hits going in. So, but you cannot replicate a mm. game. So some of these guys won't have played for probably three weeks. Yeah. Um, some of them four or five weeks. So yeah, hopefully their fitness levels are there. Have you seen any of the uh, the? And look, and if you're listening uh, in your hotel rooms this morning for the visiting visitors from uh, the British and Irish Lions, from Scotland, from Ireland, Wales, wherever you may be, uh, welcome to our beautiful country. Obviously, Timmy, over the past few weeks, has been giving you some tips on where to go. Uh, <laughs> did you have you run into any yet? Did last night when in your... Uh, well, I th- actually, I finished the game last night. I thought, I'll, um, my wife is down. We thought, mm-hmm. we're going for a nice uh, drink just at a little quiet bar. And I, yeah. I got lost. I didn't know where I was going in Oxford Street. I no. think I was going left instead of right. But mm-hmm. um, um, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, some nice Irish fans came up to me and told me where to go and walked me to this bar. So, to, uh, to, in which way, where to go? Uh, two years ago, where to go, type where to go? Or? No, no, they're very helpful. Oh, yeah. good. They're good. 
beautiful. It's so good that uh, Irish Irish visit, or not only that, yeah. but Irish visitors to this country know where to send Timmy well, yeah. from Queensland. Well, I mean, more about it. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, there's plenty of supporters around. There's a lot of red jerseys yeah. last night, and they will be coming into town into Brisbane yeah. uh, this week. It's, it's going to be great. It's I gonna... saw a couple of blokes at Starbucks at uh, the other night. We, do we have a sponsorship with Starbucks? We, at do, now. Tim? Yeah. we do now. Yeah. Fantastic. Just say it one more time. Uh, Friday night down the bottom of Pitt Street. There, there they were, and uh, just casting shadows in amongst the rest of the. The, the population, just four massive men. So I had to go and say good day to them. Great to Appreciate have them here. Oh. 47-17, the Lions over the Waratahs. New Zealand 30 beat France nil. I think that was the first time New Zealand might have held France to nil. It's about the, I think about 1990 was the last time France mm. didn't score. That was against Scotland, I think. Uh, so there you go. We'll get to those games. We've got plenty of guests to talk to along the way, including Bill Poolville will join us on the show. All ahead on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. On the Ruck, thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions, official supporter gear, and the British and Irish Lions uh, beat the Waratahs li- last night in Sydney at Allianz Stadium, 47-17. to 17. Uh, Good game of footy, though. Good game to watch. They are an impressive unit. I guess it's the depth that you would expect mm. from uh, a, a team selected from that group of uh, gentlemen. One thing I would be recommending uh, to the Wallabies when they play next Saturday... Don't give Lee Halfpenny any goal-kicking opportunities. Oh, oh. How amazing is he? Incredible, isn't he? Yeah, and he's got the um, goal-kicking coach in um, Neil, Neil Jenkins, Jenkins from Wales. Stands right. about half a foot from him, doesn't, doesn't he? he? Yeah. yeah. I think he just virtually has it on a string. But he, um, <laughs> he he's hardly missed. I think he only missed one kick in Newcastle the other night. And he hit 11 from 11 against the Force yeah. uh, two weeks ago. 30 and, points himself last 30 night. 30 points himself. Mm-hmm. And he was outstanding this year in the Six Nations, won the, the players' uh, players play or the players' uh, the best player of the, of the tournament. Um but he scored two tries as well. So, I mean, you know he kicks the goals, but he was able to turn up at the right spots and do it. But what about the start of the game? Down the left-hand side of the field, and Simon Zebo nearly scored yeah. and got them off to the perfect start. It was quite incredible. Yeah, Drew Mitchell with the fancy new beard did manage to just put his foot into touch. Which was... <laughs> that scared him. Oh, he actually yeah, didn't yeah. tackle him. He yeah. actually ran away. Yeah, I saw, exactly. I saw <laughs> Drew Mitchell on Friday at lunchtime wearing that beard, and uh, I said, what's the story? He said, I'm just trying to look a bit intimidating. A bit French. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who impressed you then from the Lions? Oh, I thought uh, Jamie Roberts, uh, he's obviously came off and it was yep. injured. Um, Dr. Jamie Roberts, now it is after eight years of uh, doing his medicine whilst he's doing uh, professional rugby. And um, But uh, it's, it's a shame because he was coming into form because um, Bron O'Driscoll will be one centre. Uh, it's trying to find who that other centre partner is. And Warren Gatton really likes Jamie Roberts, so he might be out for a couple of weeks now. Um, mm-hmm. Hamstring injury, apparently. So um, he played well. I thought Jamie Heaslip did really well. Um, Sam Warburton, the captain, I think he's done enough, enough now. Yep. He's done enough not to be Neil Fraser and captain from the uh, the bench. So, <laughs> so hopefully he'll be uh, he'll be in the back row. Um, Tom Croft, I thought, was uh, outstanding. There six as well. So um, there's still one game to go for the Lions on Tuesday night in Canberra. So I'm not sure, Berkey, who you think would be the other winger as well. I can. I mean, I can. Simon Zebo has done he was enough. He was great to be on the bench. He the he, he um, in the first game of the Six Nations. You know, we're, we're talking February now. He got a pass when they eventually scored the try and the pass went down to his ankle mm. and he flicked it up with his left foot and caught it at full pace. Yeah. And you just think, this bloke's got something special. And he had an injury. He's only played you know, a little while since he's come back. He was obviously being brought in from the Irish tour. Yeah. But I, you wouldn't say no to him being on the test team. Every time he got the ball, he's, he's quite quick, he's quite wiry, so to speak. He breaks the tackles, and he could you know, be a, a shot at the same time. So he's a veteran, obviously, but Paul O'Connell was also... I was just going to say, yeah. He's played 85 caps for Ireland, Paul O'Connell, and he had um, the last Lions tour, he was captain as mm-hmm. well. So the good thing about this for Sam Warburton, he's got Bron O'Driscoll, who is captain of Lions tour, so is Paul O'Connell. So he's got that support and leadership with him. So uh, so he'll definitely be one second row. It's trying to find who the other one will be. I reckon the, the 9-10... 
combination against them last night. Yeah. Uh, Phillips and Sexton. Sexton went off uh, in the end. I think that was more precautionary than anything else. Um, Sexton's not looking kind of fellow. I mean, he obviously plays well and you know wasn't a standout, but he doesn't look like an athletic kind of bloke. He looks he? about 17, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Neither did Bernie Larkham either. So no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Bernie, if you, if, you, if you walked down the street and he didn't have his headgear on, you wouldn't know who he was. Yeah. If you put the headgear on, yeah, I know you, that it, bloke. It was interesting last night because Michael Checker had obviously coached a lot of these players yeah. in Leinster, Leinster in Ireland yeah. when he spent some time over there. So he'd coached Jonathan Sexton. He also coached Heathslip as well. Um, so they knew what to expect from, you know, the passion. They were, and the defensively from the Waratahs were trying to always take out Mike Phillips and Sexton after they passed the ball, mm. which I think um, Sam Warburton ended up going up to the referee during the game and saying, can you please watch this, which they did in the end. Do you see how quick they were off the line as well in defence? Mm. The Waratahs couldn't get anywhere. But you could see what, what it meant to them, the team, to win this game, to, to keep the clean sheets. As when, they, when they panned mm. the, the bench at one stage there, and they were all up. I mean, they were... Yeah. They were up for this game last night, no yeah. doubt. Uh, the, what the Wallabies are going to have to be concerned about defensively is that from that broken play, the their back line... Counter-attack. Counter-attack. Oh, yeah. Really, really impressive. Yeah, they were fantastic. And I think they just... Their first couple of tries were off counter-attack. There were um, turnovers from the Waratahs. And um, the Wallabies' defensive line is really strong. But um, the Lions, Berkey, I thought last night were outstanding. Andy Farrell, who is the defensive coach for the Lions, whose son, Owen, Owen. Mm-hmm. is in the team. Mm-hmm. And um, they... And I think... The way Queensland played a week ago um, in Brisbane against the Lions, how they spread the ball really early on. The Lions now aren't um, defending a lot around the ruck and the breakdown. They're actually spreading across the field and rushing up out wide. Tommy Carter was very happy to be playing. His, <laughs> his brother, of course, played in 2001, and uh, his career was shortened with the injury. I think Ed actually works managing uh, uh, Tom as well. Uh, so he's very proud about playing and scored two tries, which was terrific. Now, the first try... Ima- t- I've just got a buddy. Imagine the memorabilia pieces that's going to come out now. Yeah. Tom oh, Carter, two tries. <laughs> yeah, it be limited edition, five edition. Five, well, yeah. <laughs> well I, I had the stopwatch on him when he got uh, in the open in the first try. It took him roughly 10 minutes to get from the 20 <laughs> metre line to the try, and he was running in aspic. Oh, Another, another five metres in the tight head prop would have caught him. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a beautiful swan dive once well, he finds see, I, I don't reach. know if that qualifies as a swan dive because you're supposed to get in the air, I think yeah. it was, and Tommy sort of went straight down. It was like a, you know, a crash landing, so to speak. But then, you know, the, the celebration, he tried to grab the jersey, jersey. and give it that one. Mm. Bernard Foley came over and knocked him over. They nearly went to the advertising side. Sensational. So. We'll talk to Bernard Foley next. He can give his side of that story. You listen to The Ruck. We're doing it for Rebel. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Tim Hoare and Matthew Burke, Tony Squires, with you this morning uh, after last night's win by the Lions, 47-17 after the Waratahs. We'll chat with Bernard Foley uh, shortly. And look, a huge welcome to all of those uh, British and Irish Lions fans. Uh, you cheats, according to Bob Dwyer. Uh, and look, I don't mean to offend. That's what <laughs> I, I don't think he meant it. Did, did, did he get he that right? Did, did, he, did he have a strong enough word for what he <laughs> <laughs> meant? I, I don't know. We're, we're going to try to clear this up. Uh, and, you know, you've, I think you might have some insight there, uh, Timmy. But World Cup winning uh, coach Bob Dwyer has allegedly branded the Lions serial, serial cheats. Is, and it's in quotes. Uh, now, he said that they... This, uh, there's been talk about the scrummaging and so on. It's not supposed to be a contest to see who can cheat the best, Wire said, and I'm, I'm reading from this morning's newspaper. It's who can play the best. You don't have to be smart to cheat. You just have to be a cheat, which is you know, very simple and straightforward, mm. you imagine. Uh, so he's talking about failing to bind properly at the scrum, offside rucks, illegally protect the catcher at kickoffs, and even use decoy runners to unfairly block opposition tacklers. Have you seen any of this evidence? Uh, do you think Bob has been taken out of context? I think he's been misquoted. Really? <laughs> <laughs> In his own article. His own article, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like David Campese. He used to um, you know, write an article, and Berkey, we were away, I think it would have been the World Cup in 99, yes. and had a pretty 
scathing article about the Wallabies. And yeah. one, our manager rang him up, and, and Campo said, no, no, I've been misquoted. I said, but yeah, but you wrote the article. You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I think Bob Dwyer. And it's interesting in the... Um, in the post-match um, a media conference, that Warren Gatlin actually said, "Listen, hang on, this is a this is a media beat-up. Bob wouldn't have said that, and you need to give Bob Dwyer more respect for what he's done in rugby over the years." So I think Warren Gatlin may be trying wow. to just deflect it away from the issue. Well, I think actually at last night's game, Bobby did a, an interview then with the BBC to say, you know, to clarify his comments. Right. So. He was talking about, uh, and what it says here in the paper as well, illegal scrum, offside at rucks, illegal poten- penalties to protect the, the catcher from kickoffs, that kind of stuff. Um, he has got that eye to see those things where others don't you know, see it all that much. And he um, uh, gave the um, example of, of the when Skolt Brits hit Farrell in Hong Kong um, hang on the side of the ruck. So they're just doing niggle stuff, as you would do. I yeah. mean, that, that's what you do. You hold the bloke in just a little bit and, and do it. And it's if you get away with it, you know, great. But, you know, it's going to happen in every game. It he, goes both ways. He also mentioned the story that because, you know, New Zealand coach, that wasn't unusual, that New Zealand teams have often been. See, he, oh, look, oh. the great thing was he didn't just attack one quarter of the globe. He's gone for everybody. Uh, you know, the New Zealand <laughs> teams <laughs> apparently are cheats. <laughs> they're coaching. I'm not sure how Robbie Deans would have felt about that because last mm. time I looked at his passport, he was also from New Zealand. Uh, the, <laughs> they were penalised once last night for packing a scrum and going in and on, on an angle. I think it was just yep. just once. That's the kind of thing I suppose he's So their, their discipline last night was sensational yeah. for the Lions because they'd had uh, it was something like 14 or 15 penalties in the first couple of matches and last night I think there was about might have only been about 15 minutes to go in the game they've only conceded three penalties so I think coming into this test week Warren Gatlin's uh, got a lot of discipline in the, in the side mm. and they've uh, got some momentum going into this test week as well I reckon as a part of that they've got as you mentioned before Timmy they've got leaders around the park as well who yeah. know how to, to finish off a game I mean you look at you know, Croft has been in the England setup for a long time as well, so they just know how to get around the park, and that's what they showed last night. I love seeing the uh, that tradition of you know, Sam Warburton coming out of the tunnel with the you know the big lion under the Harry, yeah, yeah, then dumping it on the sideline. It's, yeah. it's sensational. And if you notice, it's always got to face the way that they're running. Yeah. So when they when they come out the second half, they just sort of flip it around to face the way. That's and, really cool. And usually we had that with a, a wallaby. So the youngest player on a wallaby tour had to carry a wallaby um, around with him all the time. He had to have it... Not every... a real wallaby? No, mm, no. Okay. They used to do. They, there's, there's a photo. There's a photo many, many years ago. It might have been sort of early 1900s. That, a real one? A real one on a, on a leash. There was seriously, seriously. yes, in a wallaby. Just taking the wallaby on, for a walk. Not on tour. They didn't. They didn't shove it on the boat and sort of get no. it across there with them in the early days. But um, there's a photo. Yeah, so when the youngest player of the of the tour was yep. responsible for carrying everywhere the, the stuff you go. So any official function uh, on the bus to training to and from training, and then so obviously the whole thing was people would try and hide it on you, and you know, you get fined if you didn't have it with you all the time. So <laughs> I love it. I heard of it. Just a quick. I heard of a great story by an old Irish guy called Mickey Quinn. And he was saying that uh, there, was a, there was a game between Ireland and Australia and the Wallaby was sitting on the sideline. And they said, boys, if it's on, we're on. And they had a winger who wasn't too, I suppose, he didn't enjoy the contact, so to speak. Mm-hmm. All in brawl. And they saw him flying up the sideline and thinking, he's going to get in there. He's going to stick one into there. Well done. And he came up and he kicked the Wallaby into the crowd. <laughs> and the crowd started tearing it to pieces. Just like, you take that, boys. <laughs> this is The Rock, your Sunday rugby show. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. That's Jet, cold, hard bitch, and this is... <laughs> I knew I was going to struggle to saying that. When you this early in the morning. Yeah, no. Oh, I can say it. Cold, hard bitch. Well, That's the name of the song. The song. Yeah, it's the name of the song. Witch. Witch. Oh, is it witch? No, it's not witch. No, it's bitch. 
Sorry. Thanks very much for stitching me up. <laughs> very well done. This uh, I is, do remember April Fool's this, a couple of, last year. Yeah, the, the voice we were hearing there was Matthew Burke, who is no longer with the show. <laughs> Bernard Foley, however, is. He joins us now after playing for the Waratahs last night against the British and Irish Lions. Good morning, Bernard. G'day, guys. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. How are you feeling this morning after uh, what was a tough hit out? Yeah, no, I'm pretty sore, absolutely. No, it's... Uh, the game last night was at pretty high intensity, so uh, the body's uh, quite bruised and battered. Were you, and, and from getting such a close look at this team that everybody's been talking about, were you impressed by what you saw? Yeah, exactly. I thought uh, last night they were, they were quite clinical, especially out wide. Um, you know, we made a little mistakes and, and they really hurt us. So uh, it was, uh, it was they, they probably put on a pretty good show. Bernard, what was it like playing in front of 40,000 thereabouts at the uh, at the SFS? Must have been pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, that's probably uh, the best crowd I've ever played against, especially at the, uh, the Allianz. To have that uh, sold out was, was something special and, and something I suppose that a lot of the team won't, uh, will never forget. Uh, Bernie, you got released by the Australian Sevens um, team to come back and play this game, which was great from the Australian Rugby Union to let you do that. Um, but the Sevens, the World Cup Sevens are in Moscow. When do you do you go back into camp now with the Sevens team and are you still available if the Wallabies have any injuries? Uh, I'd like to think so. I think uh, the, the Sevens and the, the AAU were, were pretty good to, uh, to release me to play that game, so I, I have to thank them for that. Um, we're now going to camp on Tuesday and uh, and fly out on Thursday, so off to Moscow on on Thursday. Mate, uh, just back to last night's game. Now you were up close there when uh, Tommy Carter scored that try. Uh, we were talking about earlier. He seemed to go forwards and then decided he'd go backwards a bit before he put in the swan dive. He was struggling to get to the line, but got there. Uh, he would have been very happy with that result. Yeah, I think uh, Tommy. Had, Tommy was very lucky last night. You know, two tries. Um, coming to the end, I think we keep calling him Johnny Farnham because um, he has that many uh, comebacks, you know. But uh, no, I think Tommy was—he did quite well to get there, and um, no, it was a great result for him. When he got the ball, it's like you know when you you, you, you take your car out of the carport mm. and you forget you got the handbrake on. <laughs> you know, you're wondering why you're just not moving anywhere. Well, he actually put on weight between the 20, 20 meter line and the try line. <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah, we, all, we all think he's becoming a back rower in league, but uh, no, he, he's, he's still moving all right. When he, when he scored that second try, um, was was it was it him giving the bit of niggle that started up a bit of a uh, the fifty cast? Because I, I I would have picked it would have been Tom Carter. I thought it was too. I spoke to uh, Johnny Sexton, who was at the bottom of that uh, at the end of the game, but but he said it wasn't Tommy. He was one of the second rowers who. Uh, had his uh, forearm across his throat, but uh, yeah, I'm not too sure who it was. I was, I was too far at the back. Um, Bernie, in regards to the Lions now, how can the Wallabies beat the British and Irish Lions? Where are the weaknesses, if there are any, for that first Test match on Saturday night in Brisbane? Yeah, I suppose uh, I think they've just got to take all opportunities. I think the uh, the Lions last night were pretty clinical um, in in how they set up a great platform for their backs who. Who sort of when they got a chance to attack, um, they took every took every opportunity. So I think for the the Wallabies, I think they've got to uh, play a game that's uh, territory, but also one that's going to attack them and and going to stay at the throat of the the lines. There's a couple of impressive things uh, for the Waratahs, and I guess for the future, you look at the enormous body of Will Skelton. What is he? 135 kilos, but with skills to go with it. He is an impressive young bloke. Yeah, he's, he's a man mountain. I think uh, last night he 
he had a lot of carries and um, did a lot of work around the park. And I think uh, by the end of the game, he was he was out on his feet and and, and deservedly so. He, he sort of had a, a huge effort last night, and I think he's he's one of the blokes to really look out for in coming forward. Because I think last night was a pretty young side and a pretty inexperienced side, so. Um, for, for those guys going forward, it was sort of an invaluable lesson. I tell you, it didn't matter if he was 135 kilos. There was Brendan McKibben, who who is about 55, ringing wet, was just barking orders at him the whole day to say, <laughs> "Get back in there and literally throw your weight around." It was it was a it was a Bernie for you guys. Great experience to play against the team. What did Check say to you guys before he ran out? Yeah, he was uh, he was pretty pumped up, um, like he is sort of before every game. But uh, I think he just sort of stressed to us that. Uh, again, it's it's another game, and for the for the young boys, especially the forwards, um, to go out there and, and really get stuck into them, and uh, don't take a backward step, don't sort of um, hesitate at all, uh, and, and play our normal game, and and hopefully something will come of it. Um, Bernie, where to now for the Waratahs? A couple of weeks break, and then I think your last match against the Queensland Reds down here in Sydney. Yeah, so the boys have a, a week off. On I don't get that luxury. I, I, I go back into camp on Tuesday and then then off to Moscow. But the, the guys have a week off and then uh, assemble next week and and really get stuck in and hopefully take sort of the intensity from last night um, and and that experience into the Reds game, uh, which which is on the uh, the thirteenth, I think, of of July. All right, mate. And just finally, just confirm to me the, the beautiful uh, kick that you put in that Peter Beetham then picked up. That was, went exactly where you wanted it to go, didn't it? Yeah, yeah you know, uh, I think I shanked that. That's probably the worst kick I've ever done, but it, uh, it, it set up perfectly. So I'll, I'll, I'll say that's exactly what I wanted it to yeah, well done. To do. That's a story you will stick to at rugby lunches in coming years. Bernard Foley, thank you so much for being part of the show and good luck uh, with Moscow and beyond. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Bernard Foley joining us on The Ruck on Triple M. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Yeah, in just about an hour, we'll be going through The Ruck's ultimate wallabies. We've moved into the back row. We've got the front row has been selected. Uh, second rowers, we're now into the back row. That will happen in about an hour. Uh, I guess it's just slightly uh, just below the Invincibles rugby that the ARU has announced the first four to, uh, of the uh, rugby Invincibles. Just can we run through why, who those why, why would it be below? Yeah, well, roughly the same. You're right, actually. Well, just, just above. Yes, yes. Just above. Our tour is going to be a lot better, though. Yeah, yes. will be really good. Really All right, the Invincibles, the first four. Uh, this is a sensational thing. I was a little bit disappointed that uh, neither my of my co-hosts' uh, names were read out on the first time. But Mark Ella, David Campisi, Ken Catchpole, and Cole Winder. Now. Obviously, all sensational names. What did you make of uh, Timmy? Yeah, I think, uh, well, Inside Rugby magazine, also supported by the Australian Rugby Union, um, put this in place. So it's the first time, the first four. I think there's going to be another two, I think every year, I think maybe, or every second year, maybe a couple more. I mm-hmm. think, uh, yeah, I think they're going to work it out where they're going to induct a, a couple more next year and the year after and then yep. leave it for a while yep. and then sort of, you know, yeah. induct again after that. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, Mark Eller, a, a wonderful player, and I saw sort of part... Hit towards the end of his career, but he only played till he's like 24. He retired, mm. went to the, the 84, 1984 Grand Slam, scored a try in every, every test yeah, match. Yeah. And David Keane Pease, he obviously played 101 test matches. So 
Uh, Mark Eller, um, what could he have done if he'd stayed on a bit longer? That's an amazing yeah. stat, isn't it? I didn't, it, I'd forgotten. I, now that you say mm. it, I remember mm. that. But that's such a young age for somebody of such quality. Yeah, to retire. I think it had partly to do with Alan Jones was coach, and they didn't really get on at the time. He said, "Well, okay, I'm not going to play anymore. I'm not enjoying my rugby mm. uh, if Alan Jones is coach." So, I mean, they get on very well now. But uh, Ken Catchpole, wonderful player, um, probably the best halfback uh, we we had at the time. Will Genia certainly challenging that now, mm. and then Cole Winnett. Interesting. The four players, they all played for Ranwick Rugby Club in Sydney. Mm. Yeah. yeah, when there's the Galloping Greens, mm. when it was all going so well. Uh, Berkey, are you happy with the, the four? Yeah, I mean, when you, when you look at what they've been able to achieve, and, and it's, it's, it's different styles of play to what is now, but, you know, these guys were, you know, top shelf in their time. I mean, we look at when you played with Campes, I played at the back end of his career. Mm. Timmy, you played, you know, a lot of rugby with him as well, but... You know, what he was able to, to produce on the field was you know quite incredible. Um, his defence wasn't fantastic, but mm. every now and then he made a tackle. You remember the time he made a tackle on General Loma? We were sitting in the sitting in the, in the team meeting back in nineteen ninety five, and he said, it, it, "Bob Dwyer said, how are we going to get this bloke down?'" And Camp, the only hand to come up was Campo, and he said, "Just get him around the bootlaces." And the whole place laughed. <laughs> and the first tackle when he came on, he hit him around the bootlaces, and 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 Loma went down, and the dust came up from everywhere. <laughs> Everyone went no. And then the next one, he went bang, and he rolled him about four times. So <laughs> it actually uh, it actually proved right that he got him around the, around the toes. But these guys, you know, very much uh, at the top of their game, and then they are legends of the game, and should be rightly so. Uh, be appreciated in that way. It's all picked on skills, so interesting to see they're all backs that have been picked at the moment. So, <laughs> yes, indeed. not sure how long it'll be till a forward um, makes the the, yes, the fir- first blindside prop to make the invincibles will be just yes. How, <laughs> how big in the forward will you've he just be? invented a new uh, <laughs> yeah, a new name? A new blind position. Prop. Just, like call, just call him blind prop. <laughs> yes, I like it. <laughs> uh, this is the ruck. It is your Sunday rugby show, the special Lions Tour edition. This is the ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Your Sunday Rugby Show. All thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions official supporter gear. Uh, big hello to those of you in Brisbane who have been involved, uh, maybe running, still running. Will they still be running, Timmy? Yeah, the uh, City of the South. Uh, probably well, some people will still be running. Yeah, yeah. Westpac City of the South uh, in Brisbane. About probably 8,000 people running around. They finished back at South Bank, so... Well done to everyone who's already finished and um, keep plodding along with those who haven't or still walking. <laughs> yeah, if it was me, I tell you, I've got a week left in that run. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a heartbreak hill around uh, Highgate Hill there, so oh, nice. small heartbreak hill. Have you, have you ever done this event, Tim? Not yet, no. This is the first time. Today's <laughs> yeah. the first time, so yeah. I was going to go and walk it, but um, no. Have you done the City to Surf? No, I haven't yet. No. no. I'm, I'm probably going to do it this year. I'm going to walk it. Oh, with Eelsy. You maybe put the iPod thing in with your Westpac number. Yeah. He, he designed an iPod. That's it, yeah. yeah. Or, or songs, an anyhow. A virtual. Sorry, he didn't design the iPod. He designed probably, an iPod. Actually, actually, Johnny Eels designed the iPod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little known fact. <laughs> uh, all right, there's been an unusual call-up to the British mm. and Irish Lions squad. What's happened? A couple of injuries, uh, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Billy Twelve Trees has been... One called of the great names. one of the great names, along and with the AFL name Steel Sidebottom, that correct, is up there. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right, um, is that something that uh, has probably come from many, many years ago? Is that like two dogs, or what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Twelve trees, and his old man's an arborist as well, yeah, I believe, right, as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I think his nickname, Timmy, is Thirty Six. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Twelve trees. Yeah. <laughs> Work that out. <laughs> uh, but he's over. But there's also been another inclusion, Helmy, as well. Yeah. Well, Shane Williams, mm. the Welsh wizard, so the winger, little winger uh, yep. from from Wales, who retired at the end of um, last year. So they played uh, against the Wallabies and no, that was Nathan Sharp's last test match in Wales where Curtly Beale scored a try in the corner in the last minute of the game to win the game. Yep. So he's retired and he's been over here doing a little bit of media work 
and he's been called up to play for the British and Irish Lions against the Brumbies on Tuesday night. So I'm not sure if he come out. I, I, I don't know whether he's been playing a little bit of club rugby back in Wales. Um, and you come out to do some media work and bring your boots with you, just in exactly. case. Just in so case. He's the one wearing the suit and boots. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I mean, given that the depth, and we've talked a lot about the depth that they have, it's slightly unusual. I mean, I guess there have been quite a few injuries. Certainly. There's been some injuries, and Brad Barrett's been called in as well to the Lions team, also Christian Wade as mm. well. So um, a few players, especially coming into Test Match Week, you don't want to um, put players out there that potentially will be in that 23-man team. Well, yeah. Simon Zebo got called up. I mean, these guys are touring as well at the same time. So England's got a, uh, a tour over in the UK or in Argentina. Argentina at the moment. Ireland was over in America and that kind of stuff. So they've brought blokes over who are still playing. So we saw Zebo play last night. But, Timmy, have you been given the call-up um, on tour? I've had a phone call. When I was playing in England for Saracens, when I retired here in Australia, went to Saracens, and obviously the Wallabies come and do their European tour about sort of November, December every year. And I had a, had a call from um, one of the assistant coach uh, where there's about four or five injuries in the team. I said, Tim, um, would you be able to sit on the bench in seven days' time for a test match against Wales? And I thought, well, gee, well, Saracens were playing um, a club side in Ireland, which wasn't that important. I thought mm. I'd love to. Yeah. And then so I went and asked the club, and then Francois Pinot, who was my coach, he said, no way. You're playing for us. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. So you I know, don't know whether I would have been a chance to. Oh, I may have sat on the bench, but I'd already retired, and I thought there's no point coming back. Maybe it would have got me from 80 test matches to 81. Up there with Berkey. Yes. Do, do, you know, do you know what, though? Actually, what, what Timmy doesn't know, the uh, the senior playing group got together and said, we said no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> had you already had in your retirement, you know, the, the lap around the, the field in the back of a ute, you know, and waving to the fans and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, well, I did um, in Brisbane at Ballymore when I played sort of my last test match. Well, I knew it was my last test match, but I got, actually got Injured, I was out for the next four or five, but yeah, jogged around, said hello to the um, the four X Hill at the time there, mm-hmm. and, and threw my boots at the crowd, and um, they, they throw them back. <laughs> I, I realised my back. sold them on eBay later. Still in the in the boots. So. <laughs> <laughs> Berkey, no call up for you. I got a call up a couple of years ago uh, when I was over in Newcastle, and uh, it was when Chris Latham hurt his knee in before the two thousand seven World Cup, and I was driving to training, and John Connolly said, uh, "Mate, can you pack your bags um, to come and play?" And uh, at the time, same as Timmy. I mean, you go through this flood of emotion. Go, yeah, wouldn't that be great? And think, oh, hang on, I've already left there. Do I go back and sort of you know put up with all the media speculation, that kind of stuff? So and, I try. I, and I try, also train. And also yeah. train. <laughs> <laughs> I said to him, I said, Mate, I don't train much these days. <laughs> and uh, and in the end, we, we it all. Latho was fine, and uh, and I obviously didn't go across. But uh, to be asked. It's a, in a way, it's a special thing. Absolutely. All right, planning to come in the next hour of The Ruck. It is our special British and Irish Lions Tour edition, uh, two hours for you. We will find out exactly how the Wallabies can beat the Lions next uh, Saturday in Brisbane. That's ahead, plus we'll speak to the AU CEO, Bill Pulver. All ahead on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Yesterday, plan to come in this hour where we'll speak shortly to the CEO of the Australian Rugby Union, Bill Pulver. We'll have a chat with Matt Gitto, who is uh, back from France, uh, and we'll have a. He's been joined by uh, Drew Mitchell, isn't he, over there? Also, That's Brian not Habana. Ba- as not well. a bad side, is it? Yeah, Brian one. Habana, Drew Mitchell, uh, Johnny Wilkinson already there in Toulon yeah. in the south of France. Mm. A lovely area. Yeah. Maybe that's why he'd grown the beard. Really? He's in just. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 
I'm French. Uh, <laughs> that's the only French accent I've got. That's I can, all I can I'm French. <laughs> Beyond that, <laughs> it's all over for me. Uh, it is two hours because we aren't talking about the British and Irish line. So, of course, last night beat the Waratahs in Sydney, 47-17. And the other international uh, of note, the All Blacks, 30, defeated France, zip. In uh, a very mm. good... They were, that was a strong display from them. Well, all Blacks were yeah. fantastic. They're going to be very hard to beat in the Bledisloe Cup this year. Yeah. If you can get on it and see the tries that they scored in the conditions where they're just brilliant, end-to-end stuff. Have we ever played Southern Hemisphere v Northern Hemisphere? Yeah, there was one a couple of a years combined. ago. combined? Yeah. Well, what, what should happen? I believe every time the British and Irish Lions come to um, Australia or New Zealand, mm. uh, because in 1989 I sat on the bench for three test matches for right. the Wallabies. I was just turned 19. But I also sat on the bench for the Anzac um, unofficial yes. fourth test match, they called it at Ballymore. Um, there was only, I think, three or maybe four all-black players who played in the game. But imagine every time the British and Irish Lions come to Australia yep. or New Zealand, the fourth unofficial test match is the Anzac test match. Yeah. I'd love it if they mm. brought it back. It'd be sensational. Yeah. Or even if you, if you had, you know, South Africa, Australia and New mm. Zealand team to play mm. against uh, the, the Lions on one test would be amazing. Would we get anyone in? Would Australia? Yeah. <laughs> Depends who's selecting. Yeah, yeah, so that's right. <laughs> we come up with a concept. Yeah, exactly. We're starting new history. Yeah, absolutely. But there's, there's so much history uh, with this tour, uh, you know, with the Lions, isn't there? We get it every, well, 12 years at the moment. Yeah. But you, when you look back, Timmy, there's some amazing stuff. Yeah, there is. I've got a few stats here for you, boys. So the first British and Irish Lions tour was 1888, and it featured only four Scots, uh, one Irishman, and one Welshman in a squad of 22. So Walk the rest... into a pub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it amazes they, they They left England on the 8th of March. Get this, in 1888. So they left on the, in March, yeah. and they arrived home on the 11th of November. So... <sighs> Well, it's a, it's a pretty big tour, isn't when it? When you say what happens on tour stays, it stays on tour. tour. <laughs> <laughs> what could so happen? It, it took them, from the time they left England, it took them 46 days on boat, obviously, to reach Dunedin in New Zealand. And they played all these matches. So they played 54 games in 21 weeks on tour. 54 <sighs> games in 21 weeks. But the games they played, there was 35 rugby union matches, mm-hmm. nine Victorian rules matches, so obviously AFL, AFL matches, that, yeah. and one cricket match. Because they had two professional cricketers in their team as mm. well. And it's amazing. And they're also their captain, uh, so they suffered a, a pretty bad tragedy uh, on that tour. Their captain, Robert Sendon, uh, he passed away. In a, he drowned in the Hunter Valley uh, up near Newcastle. Uh, on that tour, halfway through the tour. It's interesting because Sam Warburton, the captain of the British and Irish Lions on this tour, took a few players out there to visit the gravesite, which is yeah. wonderful, um, mm-hmm. during the week when they played in Newcastle. So, a lot of history there. That is that's sensational. All right, that's what it's all about. We've got plenty to come on this hour. Bill Pulver will be next. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Eagle Eye Cherry, that is safe tonight. And this is The Ruck, all thanks to Rebel Home of British and Irish Lions official supporter gear. Uh, speaking of official supporters, uh, there's a huge contingent. And you would have run into a few of them, I, I guess, over the, the past few weeks, Timmy. Some of the English media that are out here uh, covering the game. I yeah. Think, well, Welsh, Scottish, Irish. Yeah, there's a few around. I um, saw um, a couple of guys last night. So uh, Richard Hill, ex-England uh, players out here as well. Will Greenwood from England as well. So... There's a fair few players now have started to come out. So uh, a couple of the Wallace boys from Ireland out here as well. So. Yes, uh, Paul Wallace yep. I, I spoke to the other day as well. As, along with this man, the man we're about to, talk, about to talk to right now, he, of course, played for the British and Irish Lions mm. in the 2001 game uh, at uh, series. Uh, and he was at a lunch the other day. Very, ter- very entertaining. If you get a chance to listen to Scott Quinnell speak, uh, take that opportunity. He joins us right here, right now. Scott, good morning. 
Oh, good morning. I don't think I've ever built up like that in my life. Good morning to all. <laughs> Slow down, Scotty. Subtitles here, mate. Slow down. Slow down. <laughs> and like I said last week, it's not that I'm speaking too quickly, just not listening quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, hey, Scotty, listen, Tim here, mate. Uh, I spoke to you last night, but uh, okay. I played. I had the um, privilege to play with your brother Craig there at one stage at uh, Saracens. And uh, I tell you what, uh, he was about 128 kg at the time. I reckon he's blown out a bit more now, has he? He has. He's, he's actually he's, he's very he's very fit at the moment. He's uh, he's continuing training for some strange reason. I think he's got a midlife crisis. He's about 143 kilos now. <laughs> so we, we we don't play on the seesaw anymore. Uh, so you know it's uh, it's uh, yeah he's uh, he's a big man, but he's he's pushing more weights now than uh, than uh, than I've ever seen before. So uh, he's looking good. And he sends his regards, by the way. Now, Scott, last night, of course, the uh, the Lions 47-17 over the Waratahs. None. Of the uh, intense biff that Duncan McRae brought to the party last time when you, you were playing in, uh, in that series? No, no, but there was a lot of physicality out there. You know, I think uh, Duncan McRae, uh, thank goodness, was uh, was a one-off 12 years ago. You know, we, do, we don't want to see that in the game. But I thought there was uh, a lot of intent. There was a lot of physicality in the game last night. And, uh, you know, the Waratahs uh, showed that uh, even with so many players out, you know, how, how competitive and uh, how, how they can play rugby and how they can score tries. And uh, it was a good test for the Lions last night. And it was, uh, it was when I thought the Lions came through uh, admirably. Scotty, a uh, big contingent of the Welsh. You must be pretty happy about that. And obviously at last night's game, again, Lee Halfpenny shone with his goal kick and also his ability to score tries. I imagine there'll be a fair few of the red shirts in the red shirts for next weekend. Yeah, you you you'd uh, you, you'd like to think so. The likes of uh, Halfpenny, you know, I thought he was wonderful. George North has been very good uh, on tour. Jamie Roberts, we'll have to, you know, I, I haven't heard anything this morning, but uh, you know, it doesn't uh, didn't look particularly good when he walked uh, uh, off last night. Mike Phillips uh, again, uh, you know, Sam Warburton for me, that was a, a good performance by him last night. It's exactly what he would have wanted uh, coming back into that jersey again. Halloween Jones was magnificent. Uh, last night, but you've got to say as well, you know, the likes of Croft, uh, Apollo Cornell uh, last night, Sexton controlled the show uh, for long periods of uh, of that game as well, and uh, the guys are starting to come into f- to some form just at the right time. Scotty, who would be your back row for the British and Irish Lions at the moment? Obviously, Sam Warburton uh, will hold down yep. the number seven position, but what about number eight and blindside breakaway at number six? Yeah, it's very difficult when you have a look at uh, the, you know, the way they play. And I thought Heastip uh, did well again last night. Um, the fact that they're playing Toby Falatau uh, on Tuesday, uh, you know, could uh, mean that they're going to play uh, Jamie. Uh, you know, I, I, I would uh, myself go with with, with Toby Falatau because he he just adds a little bit more around the contact area um, and uh, he does all the sort of the, the more the unseen work because I'd like to play Tom Croft because you know the try he scored last night, you know, yeah. was just wonderful. The big Friend. He's got a huge amount of pace for a tall man. He's a good line out forward, you know. And coming back from an injury which he had 18 months ago, where he dislocated his neck, is, is, is incredible. To think of the type of form that he's playing. But then you feel sorry for the likes of uh, um, O'Brien, and you feel sorry for Lidiet, and you, you, you know, he slip and Tuberick uh, yeah. because he, really any of those combinations, I think, would work for different reasons. Scott, is it from the uh, outside, obviously, we're so excited to see the, the Lions here, the, that group of nations together. Having been in, inside the, the red jersey, 
There's obviously differences, mixture of cultures, four different nations together. There's kind of moments where you go, well, I'm not sure this is all working, or is it all unity all the time? Uh, no, it's unity all the time because what you do, you, it, it, it's one of those special occasions in your life that, you know, four nations become one and, uh, you know, you, it only happens every four years and you've got to take that, you've got to embrace that. You know, we've seen on this tour the amount of injuries well, you, you, you've seen this morning, uh, you know, the Shane Williams flying in to play on, on, on Tuesday is incredible. Wade coming in, Barrett coming in, 12 trees coming in, you know. Uh, somebody said to me this morning, would you would you have picked that back guy? I said I didn't even know they were on tour until this morning. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it's just absolutely incredible. And uh, for those guys to come together, the pride, the passion, you know, and it is difficult because there is such a short tour now. You know, when we, when my father played in 1971, 77, they used to go away for for four months at a time. You know, a guy would break his leg at the start of the tournament. They used to keep him there, and he, he played in, in a couple of the tests at the end. You know, that's that, 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 that's how long the tours were you know and uh, uh, so now with only six weeks the turnaround of players and it's not only the 37 that were picked uh, a, a month or so ago you know you, you've got another four or five players coming into the reckoning so it's almost like a barbarian style team that we'll play on uh, on on Tuesday because these guys wouldn't have had any preparation time oh, I think they've probably pulled a few of these players out of the pig and whistle in the, uh, the Queen Street Mall on tour <laughs> uh, mate listen I've, uh, I've, I've gone out this morning to buy a pair of boots just in case you, you never know. Hey, hey Scotty, uh, very quickly, what about the school you went to, you attended in, in Wales, the Craig Comprehensive School? What, what, what does that mean? The Greig? Yeah, I Comprehensive. Have no, I have no idea. I, 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 I didn't go that many times. <laughs> so it was... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I kind of know where it was, but it was funny because when I actually finished, they closed the school. And no, I don't think that was due to me or anything. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, the Greig Comprehensive, yeah. Good, good times. Good times. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It was 22 years ago. Scott you're making Cornell. me feel old now, boys. You're making me feel old. No, you're not old. Look, it's great to talk to you. Hopefully we can catch up again before this tour is over. Thanks so much, Ben part of the ruck. Much appreciated. Pleasure. Good to speak to you. Yes, yeah, speak to you soon. Here's a great Scott Quinnell on the ruck. This is the ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. And it's a great pleasure now to welcome to the show the CEO of the Australian Rugby Union, Bill Pulver. Good morning, Bill. Morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. No, pleasure. Look, the great thing about uh, you is that apart from uh, running the show, you're a massive fan of the game. Probably that came first. For you, then, this must be a fairly exciting combination of, uh, of job and a chance to get out and watch some the, the Lions run around. Were there last night? Look, I was indeed, and I am loving every minute of it. I've, you know, I've been in the job for four months, and, and people were telling me how difficult the role would be, but I must say... Watching the amount of rugby I do is a great pleasure. Bill, last night, you, you, obviously we're talking about the game with the Waratahs Lions. We've spoken to Bernard Foley before. He was so impressed with the 40,000 people that showed up. For your side of it, and, and moving into these three test matches, it just must be uh, uh, an avalanche of support coming down. Look, it's wonderful. We've had 146,000 people attend the four games to date. We've got five left, and I th I'm hoping we'll get about another 250,000 people through. Um, it's perfect evidence of the fact that, that rugby played well is an outstanding spectacle, um, and rugby played well, the public will support it. So, mm. look, this has been a fabulous tour. Uh, Bill, for you, I suppose, in a, um, another area, obviously this is going to be your exam block, isn't it, the next three test matches? For you, obviously, you've had a little bit of exposure to Super Rugby, but uh, the Wallaby brand, as you said, when you first started your job as CEO of Australian Rugby, is the most important brand that we've got at the moment. 
Look, it is an incredibly important brand, Tim, and it's also a fabulous brand. I mean, it is one of the best brands in the world, the Wallaby brand. And if we can just get to the point where we are a little more successful at that very elite level of the game, that will translate to a lot more fan engagement and a lot more revenue for the game, which will give us a, a more sustainable financial platform. And were you impressed with what you saw uh, on the park from the Lions? Yeah, look, to be honest, guys, I was hoping the Tars would get a little closer last night. I, I thought it was a cracking game of football. I mean, brutal game of football. Um, and the Tars, clearly they didn't have their top team on the paddock, but they played with a lot of passion and a lot of skill. And despite that, the Lions got away by 30 points. So, guys, I don't think we're under any illusions about the fact that we have a seriously tough game of football coming next weekend. Uh, Bill, obviously the first Test match next Saturday night uh, in Brisbane at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, where do you sit with, and I know when you first started your role, Robbie Deans as coach? Um, does it matter how the Wallabies perform if they lose three Test matches, which I hope they don't? Do you review Robbie Deans' position after this Test match or later in the year? Look, guys, Tim, Robbie's job doesn't live and die on the Lions tour. Um, Having said that, we will be reviewing the coaching decision throughout the year. Um, So, look, I'm putting in place an advisory group uh, that will help me with that decision, and we will have a very formal process of reviewing that through this year. The other thing people often talk about, uh, and, you know, rugby league is always talking, oh, Israel Folau, who's coming back. We don't know. Have you had any discussions? Do you know, uh, is rugby closer to re-signing him? Look, rugby is very, very keen to re-sign Israel Folau. Not only is he, is he a great young footballer, he's a great young man. Um, and, and actually his values, you know, the Australian public really hasn't yet got a chance to get to know Israel Folau. Mm. But he's a terrific kid whose values are completely aligned with those of rugby in terms of passion, integrity, discipline, respect and solidarity. Um, and, mate, I make no secrets about the fact that we would love to re-sign him and I, I hope we will. Hey, uh, Bill, just a quick one. You probably heard the news that Shane Williams is coming out of retirement playing uh, against the Brumbies on Tuesday night. Uh, just for your own sake, mate, and probably don't tell anyone, Tim and I are ready to go if you, if you need us. Um, short-term contract, that's okay. Listen, I am really grateful that you told me. As soon as I get off this call, I'm going to jump on the phone to Robbie and let him know. He, he will be very excited. Yeah. Fantastic. No I, chance. on the other hand, remain unavailable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bill Pulver, always nice to talk to you. All the best for Saturday and the next few tests. I'm sure it's going to be sensational for us all. Guys, thanks for having me on and looking forward to some fabulous rugby over the next three weeks. Indeed, there is the CEO of the Australian Rugby Union, Bill Pulver, on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Is The Ruck, thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions, official supporter gear. The Lions 47 beat the Waratahs 17, New Zealand 30 over France nil. Uh, in other sports, in the AFL, Fremantle beat Brisbane 86 points to 46. Essendon, too good for the Gold Coast, 115-72. Richmond, 110, continued the pain for Adelaide, 72. And Hawthorne over Carlton, uh, 102-87. In the NRL, the Bulldogs beat Manly 32-30 in Golden Point. A lot of controversy there. The Cowboys, 22, beat the Dragons, 16. And that's the last time we'll ever say that. Raiders, 24. Panthers, 12. And the Sharks, uh, led by Captain Paul Gallon. 32, beat the Eels 14. Before I get to the golf, just in mentioning Paul Gallen, there was a story that today that the NRL and through Dave Smith have decided there will be zero tolerance, essentially, to the Biff. So if in state, not just state of origin, but wherever, referees are being instructed, if somebody does punch, that is 10 minutes in the bin and uh, report, and then we'll talk about what the judiciary will come. In, in rugby, is it an instant yellow card if you connect 
in a, in a fist. M- most of the time it is. Yeah, they use the yellow card a lot in rugby, which is great. And yep. I think that's a great call from um, Rugby League because um, you, we always talk about mums and dads on the sideline at under 12, under 14 level, yep. and, and they are the kids who are looking up to the senior players. And if they know that someone you can get a throw a punch and get away with it, well, they'll mm. try, try it in that sort of level of, of rugby. Um, so r- rugby union, they use the yellow card a fair bit. It was because there was a story, exactly what you're saying, Timmy. There was a story this week that some kids in the playground uh, playing some, you know, lunchtime footy uh, got into the, the the biff and they said, well, mm. Gal did it. Mm. So if, if you know, and it doesn't matter whether sports people want to be role models, they are, yeah. as it turns yeah. out. Yeah, and I think I wish it happened to me at home. I just get, my wife just sends me off, doesn't give me 10 minutes. I'd like 10 minutes and get a chance to come back. You know? <laughs> You're not saying, you know, like, oh, no, I won't go there. Yeah. In goal, Phil Mickelson, uh, he leads at two under in the US Open. Jason Day is the uh, highest placed Australian. He's sitting uh, outright eighth with uh, two over. He can play. He can he can get there, mm-hmm. Jason Day. I love watching him play. Have you seen the course? It's just, if, you, if you're off the cut stuff, yeah, impossible, impossible. Yeah, for me to play in that course, honestly. <laughs> if you're on the cut stuff, yeah. bad luck. <laughs> no, no good whatsoever. Uh, stacks to come here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Van Halen on the radio for you on a Sunday morning while you listen to The Ruck on Triple M. All thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions, official supporter gear. Great pleasure to welcome to the show uh, from a wallaby, Matt Gitto, back from beautiful uh, southern France. How are you, mate? Good, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Can't shake the accent, obviously. How is it? I mean, you've had some great success with a terrific team there. Uh, you've been loving the time there? Yeah, it's good. I think um, it was just what I needed, I think, as far as uh, my rugby goes, just to obviously to get away um, and just enjoy my rugby You know, again. I think that was the biggest thing, so I've really enjoyed my time there and obviously re-signed for another two more years because I enjoyed it so much. Oh, that's the only reason gets, I'm sure. But um, Tim, Tim here, mate. Um, well, congratulations, Heineken Cup final, which is um, the obviously the pinnacle of of rugby in the UK. And also, you just lost in the top fourteen French final a couple of weeks ago. But the the experience that you've had, you, you must have enjoyed it. Yeah, I think obviously winning something justifies the decision in going uh, going to France. I think once we won the the Heineken Cup. It, uh, I think it really, uh, like I said, justified my decision, made me feel a lot better about it. And obviously to win something as big as that was, um, you know, was a great feeling. Uh, but then to lose the, you know, lose the top 14 final only a few weeks after obviously shows the highs and lows of rugby. But it's just, I think it's good just to get exposed to that, that type of, you know, environment, the, the atmosphere and, and things like that. So uh, I've really enjoyed my time so far. Get your time at well to come back for the Lions series at the same time, mate. You must be interested in what's going on there. What's the what's the the, the take from Northern Hemisphere rugby to to Southern Hemisphere rugby now that you've played both? What's the difference, mate? I think the difference for me is the Super Rugby probably is a bit faster. Um, no, fitness wise, you need to be a bit a bit fitter. Whereas I think over in uh, the Northern Hemisphere, it's a bit slower, a bit more physical. I think they they tend to play territory a bit more, a uh, lot more kicking. Uh, they don't run the ball as much, you know, from their end. So I suppose that'll be the main difference. Hey, Gitz, what about uh, you? Got Brian Habana going there uh, the season coming up. Also, Drew Mitchell from the Waratahs, good mate of yours. But what's it like playing with Johnny Wilkinson? Obviously, winner of the World Cup in two thousand three for England. Um, he's such a professional player, isn't he? Yeah, he is, and obviously Berkey had, had known. He's played with him in Newcastle. There's 
no one I think that deserves success. I think mm. quite like Johnny, you know, he he trains that hard that everything he's earned, everything he's won, it's not through luck. You know, he obviously he has worked for it. Um, the amount of training and and thing like how professional he is, and the hours he puts on the paddock, you know, it's just uh, it's good to play with him and obviously learn a bit off him, um, just see how he does things, and you know that in itself is uh, was a big reason of me going to Toulon as well. So I've enjoyed you know starting a bit of a combination with him, and hopefully with him re-signing, we'll get to continue that again next year. I actually taught him most of that stuff, uh, Gits, as well. So <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 apart from the rugby uh, learning experience, what about a, a life experience for you? You know, Toulon, beautiful part of the world culturally. Have you enjoyed being there? Yeah, I have. Um, fluent uh, in French now, so I picked that up in, in 12 months. Wow. So that was... Um, that was some. Well, I'm lying now. Yeah, I don't I was say. <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting back waiting for a fluent French sentence from you. <laughs> yes, that's why I had, to, I had to give myself up before you asked something. <laughs> did, you, did you sneak to Roland Garros the other week? Uh, no, no, we didn't. Uh, and unfortunately, we had the the finals. So, and then once we finished the the finals, I, I headed straight home, come back to to Oz with the family. And Gitz, what are you back in Australia for? Just for a couple of weeks break as well. Yeah, just got we've got six weeks off now, um, so just come back home, uh, just see my brother, sisters, you know, their kids, um, and just to spend a bit of time at home. So we just got I think two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks here in uh, in Australia, and then I've got to go back for pre-season. Just take advantage of that exchange rate, mate, at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, well, I haven't actually noticed that, mate. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, Timmy did. It was three to one in his day. He was shipping it back in. <laughs> hey, uh, Gitz, obviously the biggest thing at the moment is the Lions. Uh, you probably saw the game last night against Waratahs. How, uh, I mean, we, we were in a fraternity, so to speak. How are the boys going to go uh, in the next couple of weeks? Uh, the Aussie boys? I hope so, yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, you just said the boys are uh, <laughs> guess here. Sorry. Who's asking these questions? Tony, but, can um, you get better questions next time, please, mate? <laughs> Our research yeah, the, has just been um, sacked. I think, the, I think they'll do quite well. Um, well, I hope they do well. I think I like, uh, you know, a couple of their selections. Uh, not having Drew in there is one that, you know, I reckon they, they need someone like that just in the squad would be good for them. But I, I like that... You know, guys with form have been picked uh, this time, like someone like Christian Lilifana. Yeah. Um, it'd be great to see him, you know, out there playing. Um, but, yeah, I think they'll do well. The Northern Hemisphere love their set piece, so I think as long as the um, Australia can compete there and, and have their set piece fine, I reckon the rest of the game should be fine for them. All right, mate. Well, thanks so much for being part of the show, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it when uh, Drew does get to Toulon. Obviously, if you can, get him to shave off the beard before he starts playing because it looks rugged right now. Right now. Uh, <laughs> enjoy your time back home, and uh, thanks for being part of the ruck. No worries. Cheers. See you, mate. There is Matt Gitto, fluent in French. Mm. Mm-hmm. What a liar. <laughs> <laughs> this is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Yeah, just about 10 minutes to share with you before we are finished. We will preview the first test between the Wallabies and the British and Irish Lions. That is coming up, but now... The Wallabies! The Rucks. Australia! Ultimate Wallabies. We're selecting them. It's the Ultimate Wallabies side as picked by Tim Horan and Matthew Burke. We're going from uh, the forwards, working backwards so far. We have Andrew Blades, uh, Dan Crowley in the front row with Tom Lawton as hooker. John Eels and Steve Cutler have made it into the second row. So we have moved to the other spots in the back row. 
Uh, where are we going to go with these, Timmy? Well, I'm going to throw a few names out there okay. just to um, put some out. I've got to pick uh, six, seven, and eight in mm-hmm. the back row. So, I mean, Tony Shaw, wonderful player for Queensland and Australia for many years. Mark Lone, probably one of the best number eights the Wallabies have had. George Smith uh, at Breakaway nice. as well. Then you put other names there. David Wilson, uh, a wonderful player for the Wallabies at number seven. Uh, Simon Poitavin, obviously yep. 84 Poida. Grand Slam. Yeah. And um, um, 91 World Cup as well. Tim Gavin yeah, from right, out okay. there at Gunnedah Way, mm. uh, out on the farm, the cotton farm. And Willie O, Willie Offenhengawe. Mm. Played many test matches with him. A wonderful number eight for the oh, Wallabies. Turkey, what do you unit, got? Well, Willie, Willie was on my uh, the top of my list. Willie O, he was just fantastic. He, he was the one who got the crowd revved up yeah. at the same time. Every time he got the ball, Willie O. <laughs> Kefu, Cobain, Smith, uh, Poito, as you mentioned, Coca. Um, Steve Tyneman, Scott Goulet, the Jewel International. Absolutely. And so plenty now to choose one, but three spots to fill. So we've got three. We've got a bit of thinking time as well again. Well, you got, well I'll give you 10 seconds. Okay, That's all go. I've got for well, you. I'm well, you'd sorry. have to say George Smith, Berkey, George seven. Smith. Outstanding. Yep. Okay. Closely followed by Dave Wilson. But George Smith. My pen, um, this is ink now. George Smith, I'm writing ink in there. Okay, George Smith, yes. Mark Lone, number eight. Being one of the best number eights that the Wallabies have ever had. Okay. And, and a New South Wales specialist in Willie O on blindside. He's just, just axe blokes. Didn't play a lot of number six Willie O, we'll but I'm prepared him, to put him there. We'll so him uh, him he's a minister now down in Melbourne. Is he really? Yes. Okay. Not not in Parliament. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> not that he, w- he couldn't be. No. Uh, well, that is a that completes a pretty good-looking pack for the Rucks Ultimate Wallabies. So next week we will move into the back line where you'd think you two would have a little more expertise. Not that I'm knocking what you've done so no. far. <laughs> next we come back, we preview the first test on the Ruck. This is the Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. That is rope. That is a Foo Fighters. Thank you. You're a big fan of the Fooies, aren't you? Oh, fantastic, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, do love them. Tim Horan is with me as well. Tony Squires is my name. And sadly, this is where we're just about to leave you for another edition of The Ruck. Before we do, though, we have to quickly uh, talk about next Saturday, the test match, the first test match in the series. The Lions take on the Wallabies. The Wallabies side will be named on Tuesday. Do you expect any massive surprises? Will Israel Folau be in there? Will he be fullback? Will Kurtley Beale be fullback? Uh, has anybody got any hints for me? Um, I had a bit of a look at some vision of the their opposed session on Tuesday. Israel Folau was on the right wing. Ah, okay. uh, Curly Beal was at, uh, he was at fly half actually. Oh, okay. So James O'Connor wasn't in the training session. Um, mm. But I would say Curly Beal will definitely be in the 23 man team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may come from the bench, but I reckon he should start at 15 um, and Israel Folau on the wing because George North for the British and Irish Lions, a massive player. Yep. Ben Moen may start at number six. Okay. Uh, and obviously Michael Hooper at, uh, at breakaway, I'd, I'd say, Berkey. I just don't know about if they put Folau on the wing. He hasn't played there all year. They've played one game, hasn't he, for the Waratahs on the wing. You worried yeah. about him being Has isolated he? with just, decision-making? Just understanding of where to stand, completely different to fullback. So, um, I mean, it would be a fantastic game. We talk about... Yeah, the preparation that the Lions had, uh, and you talk about the, perhaps the, the lack of preparation that the Wallabies had. But that game last week for the, for the Brisbane, uh, up in Brisbane, I should say, the Lions taking on the Reds, and the crowd support, I think as a crowd, as a nation, we know what to do now. Uh, compared to 12 years ago, we didn't know. We have uh, a role. We have a role, yeah. You have been anointed, so to speak, and, mm. and you have a role, and the voice is going to be so important. And, and 50,000 know, in, in uh, Suncorp Stadium yep. last weekend was fantastic. Yes, there's going to be more Lions supporters there, but I think that might be a factor to cancel out mm-hmm. the actual lack of preparation. Really? Mm. Well, it's so, it is so crucial and such a great place to, to watch a game of footy. Are mm. you confident uh, in the Wallabies? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reasonably confident. I think the, the Lions are really prepared well. Um, they have a lot of staff off the field that prepare them as well, and um, I think they, they're looking sharp. They really took it up a couple of levels last night against the Waratahs, so 
Uh, a massive match on Saturday night. A bigger match, actually, Tony, will be the Friday night, the <laughs> night before. And what's happening there? It's the classic Anzacs are mm. taking on the British and Irish 15. So Triple M's grill team in Brisbane, Greg Martin, has put this on. Yep. It's, it's mates for mates, so raising money for um, the guys in the army when they come away. And uh, Tickets are still available, $25 from Ticketex. So there's only about 2,000 tickets left at Ballymore, at it'll be. Ballymore. Yeah, so the Bundy Bar and the 4X Hill will be on fire. Are you playing in this game? Uh, not yet, no. W- I've, got, I've, got, I've got my boots with me just in case. (laughs) (laughs) That will be sensational. And also the Wallabies on Tuesday at 5pm will be at Brisbane City Hall, a whole Wallaby squad. So get out there just above Queen Street Mall there and support the Wallabies and and come and get some signatures and say hello to prepare them for that test match Mm. on Saturday. Indeed, and if you're in Brisbane, no matter where you are in Australia, get to that game. It'll be a great one. Wear the gold. Support the Australians as they take on the British and Irish Lions. It'll be very, very special. We'll tell you how it all unfolded next week when we join you again on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show.